0: Well, there's been a lot of talk over the past 12 years on why Qatar shouldn't hold football's greatest tournament. But that means nothing now. We're only days away from the first ever Winter World Cup. Who have you got your money on? Welcome to the Big Kickoff football show in a week where Cristiano Ronaldo might get a game. England firmly believe they have a chance and Sadio Mane is not the only one travelling who may not even play a minute. My name's Roy Shanahan. I'm joined by David Bugle and Neil Dobbs from TheBigKickoff.com. And Dave, the World Cup is finally here. Are we looking forward to it? I'm, I'm, I'm not so sure. I don't know what's happening.
1: Yeah, you're dead right, Roy, because one minute I do get a little bit excited when I just look at the football side of it when i look at a wall chart and i look at the fixtures it takes you back and you get into the buzz. but then you see these little snippets like what we talked about just before we came on air with the danish uh media and then obviously the fifa documentary out last week and then there's there's a lot of things i've seen somebody put up a picture today of um a stadium that was allegedly completed in 2020 however a month ago, they took a picture and it's still a building site outside, but the, the stadium looks good. So you're kind of walking into there's a lot of people saying it's going to be like the Fire Festival because they're showing accommodations that are incredibly basic and it could be very like that for poor old fans when they get there. I can confirm it's 1250 a point. So you want to bring plenty of money with you, lads, and then so like,
0: like Temple Bar, so yeah,
1: <laughs> but then there's these sober zones now, apparently. So, if you have your one too many, yes. they'll put you in the sober zone. So, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. But you know, it's but I don't a weird... know,
0: I don't know if they put you into the sober zone. I think <laughs> you you have to be responsible enough to get into the sober zone, otherwise, <laughs> yeah, <it's... laughs> yeah, exactly. And if
1: you listen, you can joke about that, but you never know, and that's the sad thing. So, it's a weird one. So, when I purely kind of, as I'm looking at a a wall chart here, you kind of, oh yeah, it's the World Cups here, can't wait. But then there's all that aspect, and then there's everything else that goes with it, and it's just a weird, and then obviously, we've literally just, like Ronaldo, let's be honest, what's just happened a few days ago, and the Premier League has just finished, and all of a sudden, you have to get your head around the fact that there's a match on Sunday, and it all kicks off. They're playing, they're playing matches in Abu Dhabi today, yet they're playing in four days' time in the World Cup. There's no camp or build-up, it's literally straight into it. And then obviously, we've got our our Christmas coming within a week. It's back into the swing. It's, it's So it is weird, but it's very it's very roller coaster for me, Roy. One minute I'm loving it. Next minute it's like, geez, this is just strange. And yeah. please God, it's a decent tournament, regardless of what everything else goes on. Please God, it's a good tournament.
0: Neil, once the football starts, we'll all love it. We'll all get stuck into it. Well, I say all, but whoever's not working. I suppose. The unemployed will love it because we're not going to get to see FEC Oliver, are we? I mean, most of the games are on during the daytime. I think we've got a seven o'clock game. Now I know this is a World Cup, so it's not all about us. But uh, yeah, that's what happens in these World Cups. You don't get really to see too much of it.
2: Yeah, look, we're just going to have to rely on good highlights and hopefully a couple of the channels dig in and, you know, you'll be tuning in at 10 o'clock at night or whatever and you'll be looking for the highlight reel and finding it went on that day. But, uh, yeah, I mean, look, we're all just dying for it to get going at this stage. Now, I'm sick of the kind of drama. I'm sick of the politics. You know, who who wants to look forward to a World Cup of politics involved? So roll on Sunday now we get the games going and then we'll actually have something to discuss with a bit of meat in it other than Mm. whether or not they're going to wear coloured armbands and whatnot. So really looking forward to the kickoff.
0: Okay, I'm going to ask you about that. We'll we'll touch on this just briefly before we go into the football. But Neil, Lloris came out and said, listen, I am in someone else's country. I'm going to abide by their rules. It's their rules. I expect them to uh, abide by our rules when they come to France. Is it as simple as that?
2: Um, I think it's a clever little bit of piece of PR. And I think they've had time to think about this. What, Because they're all being asked, let's be honest. It happened a couple of weeks ago. Harry Kane got caught in front of the cameras and he almost kind of glazed over thinking, oh, what was the response when this was asked again? So I think it's clever. I think it's media savvy. It might not be one that gives uh, front page headlines, but I think it's an answer that as, as people that love football maybe will accept insofar as, look, let's let the football do the talking. It should have been done 10 years ago. It hasn't been. So, you know, as players, we have to respect for being here. And I think he's boxing clever in kind of saying, if you're in France, we want you to obey air laws and air customs, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, just a nice, a nice little PR slide that kind of gets him out of the limelight. And from his point of view, hopefully he can
0: concentrate now on the football. There is Dave rainbow armbands that FIFA have issued yeah. or there's regulations around the armband. You, yeah. you can't just wear anything at all. So there, there's real probably worry around FIFA about what someone might do.
1: Yeah, because like apparently like there's FIFA regulated armbands and that's just the end of it. So apparently Laurie's, there was about eight countries originally. Now it's starting to dwindle a little, a little bit. Are they being put under pressure? Listen, just just told a party line. Um, Obviously, Harry Kane is apparently one of them so whether he sticks with it we'll wait and see but there's official because if you remember back in the day it'd be blue with the yellow fair play kind of logo on it so there'll be an official one that they're expected to to wear so will how heavily will they be penalized will infantino kind of pretend it never happened because obviously he doesn't want to bring further controversy because he's very much trying to tell everyone please just let's call a ceasefire for the month in in more ways than one to just Get, just let football do its thing for a while and then we can solve all the, all these other issues for the beyond. Like I said, is in jest there beforehand, you know, go a bit Gary Neville and Paul skulls and whoever scores, just plant somebody on the lips for two or three seconds and send them bl- bloody doolally, you know. Is that they not can't the, do anything. Is that
0: not the most disturbing sight you've seen in, in football? <laughs> <laughs> Especially, it's the still phone and he has his two hands up yeah. against his cheek, and the eyes are closed, and it's A bit like too I'm passionate. Gary. For my like, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Barry we had dreams about that.
2: There's no dreams
0: yeah. about it. <laughs> um, okay, let's go on to the football. Neil, Qatar are uh, listen. We're not going to go through group by group, but we're going to talk about Qatar because it's their tournament. It's uh, out in the Middle East uh, for the first time ever. I think Asia's second one after South Korea. What do you make of Qatar's chances that for general people, they're just there to make up the numbers, really?
2: Yeah, I think for the first time, Roy, a kind of host country, you're literally writing them off completely, you know. There's been tournaments in the past, I remember kind of South Africa, I remember Japan, Korea, that type of thing, where you were, oh, they're going to find it tough, and the host country just found a kind of a gear. They maybe fed off the crowd, they fed off all the goodwill, and they came out of the blocks and they did well. Even like the uh, Russia, when they whole um, tournament recently. They, they, people were worried about them, but they came out of the blocks and kind of found just something, a little piece of magic to keep them going. But I don't see that um, with Qatar. Um, Qatar have been poor, right since we played FIFA 1998. And when you <laughs> wanted to play the worst team, you just scroll to the bottom and there they were. So, I mean, nothing's changed. I don't really expect a whole lot from them. Um, I guess you're looking at the group, maybe Ecuador, because Senegal are are tough and they're on a good run. Netherlands, you wouldn't expect. But listen, look, funnier things have happened in a World Cup, but you're really kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel here, thinking that they might be able to get something out of this group other than, you know, a valiant effort and maybe a lucky draw.
0: Yeah. And of course, you look at that first game, that's probably the most likely one, the Ecuador game. It's the opening game. Both teams, I mean, nervous but they're probably the closest two in the group so maybe that's something to get out of that dave netherlands are in that group and senegal and when you, you you have a look at senegal and you they don't have Mane, does that well they do and they don't because Mane yeah. is there but he's not really there we don't know if he's going to play any minutes at all if he's not playing does that dwindle their chances hugely
1: has to be sure look how influential he was in the African Cup of Nations last year now obviously it's not a one man team there's no two ways about it but like you know these kind of sides like Egypt with Salah or any of these like they do look to their star man and as long as they're there it kind of instills the, an extra belief with everyone else because if all else fails feed Manny, you know kind of thing so that's why it's important now the quote is a bit weird he's going to miss the first games so that means potentially at least two so hopefully they've something to to play for in the last game and hopefully they don't do their lines in the first couple of games. So it's very interesting, but like, there's plenty there. You look at the squad, it's fairly littered around, around Europe. And there's a couple of like, even the likes of Ismail Asar As- from the championship with Wofford will be an interesting prospect, but like with, with Qatar and Ecuador, Ecuador are not going to be a, a pushover and in a weird way with Qatar, they've kind of been together for a long, long time because they're all locals. They're pretty much probably been uh, together. For the last year or two like they're very comfortable in themselves i don't expect them to really do it in fantastic but as i said you get that good result and you get that maybe one nil win against ecuador all of a sudden things are interesting A draw against senegal if they're missing Mane, and that could be enough so it's an interesting one but there's definitely enough quality with senegal and and, and holland and you expect them to get out of the group but Mane is a is a big big player and that will dent the rest of the team's confidence as much as they're going to try and put a positive spin in it it will definitely hamper their confidence a little bit and it's like that with anyone even if harry came at missing england would be would be down in the oh, dumps yeah. or mbappe of france it's 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 that big so with a bit of luck they find a way to to stay in the tournament um providing he's missing at least two games based on the quote
0: i air street dave we have a, a, a little a pool put together we, we, we picked out Netherlands. Our house picked out Netherlands. So what are Netherlands chances? Do they have a chance to actually win it?
1: I would say no. I just think they're lacking up top. Just, <laughs> just, just, like, <laughs> like, well, can I be honest with you? I've listened to a few of these, uh, not, not, just a couple of di- kind of, let's just say bigger media outlets uh, over the last couple of days. And when they have kind of like the expert to kind of give an, a broad view, they say about 10 or 12 teams because I think that, is the type of tournament it is and Holland will be in that bracket. So things go your way, you get a good draw when you come out of the group, absolutely. I just think their stumbling block might be just up front.
0: It I'm looking at be- their front far. So yeah. they got Bergwijn, Depay, uh Gakpo who's
1: like even Luke de Jong is there like and like like who's yeah, v- 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 v�� they like, it, they like a star man, don't they? You know. Yeah. That's 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 the only thing that'll be a bit you know, I think if you're going to fall short it could be there, but you never know, they could be this Penalty king team because you know, there's always a team who go two or three rounds winning on penos if they're lacking up front. So, you know, rule them off at your peril. But if if, if it was a betting man and put money on the table, I wouldn't be leaning towards Holland, unfortunately. Yeah,
2: not, not for winning it, but maybe Holland, yeah. you know, they, they they can go quarter semis if they really go on a run. They're looking for that's a player right. to catch fire, aren't they? The likes of Depay, if he can start off good, Bergwine, someone to get them goals. I think that's what they're lacking against the top teams. Uh, in the group, they should be fine, but when you start getting to knockout, you need someone to find your goal out of nowhere.
0: Well, I'll take nil-nil all the way to the final and <laughs> <that> penalty, <so. laughs> Exactly, exactly. OK, so, listen, Group H has Portugal in it, the Ghana, Uruguay and Korea, but it, there's only one person in the world that could <laughs> silence a World Cup week, and that's Cristiano Ronaldo, Neil. Uh, he's thrown yeah. his tantrum, the ties are out of the pram. Uh, does this affect Portugal?
2: Um, I, I think it has to take away a little bit of maybe the normality of Portugal. I know people are trying to make, you know, read into things. I don't know if you've seen the still photographs and the oh, yeah. and the, the ones Ronaldo meeting his teammates and the Bruno Fernandes in the dressing room and stuff. I think it ha- because in particular Fernandes, who shares a dressing room with him at United or maybe no longer, um, that has to have a little effect there because that's a conversation that they have to have. Um, but they're trying to make something of it that's not really there. Now, am I right in saying half that? Do, uh, well, it's a documentary, but half that interview could have been out tonight. Yeah. And then half and of it is in a yeah. few days. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, until it kind of fully blows in and everyone realizes, Piers Morgan was on Talksport today saying that until you hear the full interview, don't really judge them. You know, and it's almost like they're holding back important things and then they're going to hit you with them and you're going to go, ah. Oh, well, we didn't really realise after all that after Ronaldo's been wronged. So, I don't know. It's it's.
0: What do you think, Neil? Do, do you think oh. he's going to flatten us with so so many details that uh, Manchester United are going to go under? Because I don't feel that, as as Dave said to me off air, it's it's kind of like the 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 trailers for a film. You normally see some of the best bits mm-hmm. in them.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, they, they've hit, they've caught us with all the the hook lines so far, haven't they? I mean, the biggest one I think for me has got to be him telling that the manager doesn't believe in him, and then he doesn't believe in the manager. I mean, that to me is just a you know a deal breaker. You cannot have that in a dressing room. Therefore, you know he You know, you can talk about burning bridges when you leave a, a company or something like that, but he's literally torched it to the ground. He's absolutely burned it, blown it up, bombed it. He's done everything he can not to return. So. It seems very, very on purpose. I don't think for a second Ronaldo would walk into something like this without knowing exactly what the repercussions were going to be. Uh, Likewise, Piers Morgan, there's enough backing behind him to know where they are in their PR machine. So yeah, it it feels like he knew what he's going to get out of it. and They've probably released the best clips. Uh, Whether the sympathy might sway a little bit more when you hear a little bit more of the insider remarks, that might help us a little bit, but it doesn't change the fact that he cannot go back now you know, it's burnt, it's scorched there, it's scorched that should be the end of that chapter.
0: Dave, there was always this thing and I know a few people who used to say to me uh, Messi will never be as good as uh, Ronaldo because he never won anything with Argentina. Uh, that went down the, the drain as soon as they won in uh, South America. If Argentina go on and win, is that a real indication or not a real indication of who is best between these two?
1: Like, He's probably only thinking of himself in the in the fact that he's just probably thinking of his plight at Man United without realising a couple of days later, you're going to a World Cup where you can probably win it and have a one-up on your greatest rival, which is what is very important to him. And now he's, there's a probably an unnecessary distraction with some of the players. And obviously some, like he's going to have to stay clear of the, the press because the press aren't going to give a crap about the first game if they get their hands on him. Um, and who's to say what the likes of Fernandes might look into it a little bit more? Because let's face it, they're going to watch it. You know, there's no two ways about it. They'll be on their own with their headphones in. They're going to watch it. And they're going to be WhatsApping each other, the United boys, and it'll be interesting to see. But, you know, the narrative, if after winning the Cop America last year, and if Argentina, where to win it this year? Jeez, the messy, the Messi, the Messi mafia will just go into overdrive and it'll kick off again. And that's it's a it's a big one nil to to the Messi team in that sense. So it makes it interesting, and it's like Ronaldo is a distraction because he's that big, just like Messi's is a distraction in Argentina. And there will be probably a lot of questions it's, it, to the teammates about a Messi or Ronaldo. But now there are probably questions that the likes of Joe Mario, who was on today, saying that that. I answer a lot of analog, but he definitely doesn't want to be answering these ones. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, Neil. Argentina. What's their chances of winning? Obviously, they're one of the big teams. Yeah, they're probably a little bit more solid than they were a few years ago. A better chance this time.
2: Yeah, I think so, Roy. It's um. I, I, I was looking at their stats today; like they're very, very impressive. Dave is saying just before we come on, they won another friendly today, so that pushes them to the thirty-seven match of unbeaten runs. You know, um. Now you can look at Italy's thirty-seven unbeaten runs and how that ended for them. They're not in the tournament, you know. But that's twenty-eight wins, zero losses and nine draws in their last thirty-seven games. Like that's absolutely impressive on an international stage. Um, and it also includes obviously a Cup America in between all that. So I mean, you know, win is a feel-good factor, winning is a habit. So I would say it was funny. I was talking to guys in work today and saying I'm gonna try and make the World Cup a little bit more interesting because you don't have a kind of a a home host. So I said I might just chuck a hundred quid on one of the teams. And the first one I come up with was Argentina because there's party that kind of you you like to see Messi do well, you look at their team, you know, Mm -hmm. they've a sprinkle of if you look at Ottomendi and a couple of these guys, they're kind of journeyman players that have been to the top and you wouldn't begrudge them a big win at a big tournament. Do you know what I mean? There's, there'd be nothing bad to say about them. Um, like Sadie Maria, who feels like he's been around 20 years. I don't know what age he is, but he has to be pushing the 30s anyway. So they've got a sprinkle of experience, sprinkle of a really, really good team. The manager, Scaloni, just seems to have got them in a, in a, in a good vibe. He's built up the team. Like there's no, if you take... Messi out of that team The rest of them You know I I would imagine They're all running An extra kilometre per game To make up for You know This lack of Messi Doing the running But they're doing something right When you go that amount Of games unbeaten So that's one for me Now I think I'm going to Put a decent bet on them And and kind of You know Champion them through the tournament Because I think they're going to be One of the teams to beat
0: Dave If a South American team Doesn't win The World Cup this year This will be the longest Period of time A South American country Hasn't won it um, it, Brazil obviously in 2002 was the la- were the last winners so when you look at Brazil and Argentina in the bookies they have them up there as favourites who contends that and can those two teams push to win it or is that just sort of a, a, a bookies light and looking at the likes of Neymar looking at the likes of Messi in, in, in a team
1: yeah like to be honest for Argentina it's it's a- it's, a, it's fairly obvious in, in terms of a lot of what Neil has said, like the 37 games unbeaten now. I think if you harp back to four years ago in Russia, uh, Messi was kind of sitting in the middle of the park and everything had to go through him, whether the team wasn't good enough or he didn't trust the team. They didn't, tr- like, they didn't have any faith in themselves. And it was just you're literally in the middle of the park being so ineffective. You need to be where you are... It dangerous, and that's in the pockets and try to affect the game in the final third. And it was, a, it, you were just watching them fail. Well, now you can see there's a bit of a balance. Like, I just had a quick look at the squad here, and obviously, the two biggest ones that jump out is Messi and Di Maria. Like, obviously, Messi has 91 goals, Di Maria is 27. All of a sudden, I could just see zero, 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 zero. But Laturo Martinez has 21 and 40. So he's a massive uh, addition that he can take some of the, the, um, the the pressure. workload of Messi yeah. and it just makes Messi be able to do what he normally does and I think that's why it's justified for Argentina and obviously winning the Copa America is a big thing there's no two ways about it um and then obviously um Brazil kind of um they topped the group and they finished quite comfortably couple of decent players obviously I just if I had to pick between the two of them I would side with Argentina not just off the back of the Copa America I just genuinely think they're clicking a little bit and they they figured out the the messy rubik's cube of what they have and there's a definitely plenty of experience a lot of 30 to 31 year olds but then you can see the smattering of 22s and 23s and julian alvarez scored today where messi set him up on a plate where he could have easily put him in or put it in, in himself so there's a bit of a team in there now and it's not just all centered around messi not necessarily because that's what he wanted but that's just the way it was so i would plumb for them over brazil however You know, um I've watched a few documentaries the last few days. Brazil two thousand and two, Ronaldo last night, and obviously you can see me jersey in the background. I love me Brazil and I always try and find a way to pick them, but this is the one time I'm gone to the head, I'd probably go fifty one percent Argentina, 49 Brazil, and I'd be a big Brazil man, you know.
0: Looking at the the Brazil squad, Neil, Mm -hmm. obviously up front they've they've goals all over the place. Jesus, Martinelli, Neymar, um you say they've goals all over the place. They have started well this year. So Jesus is more of a creator, but can score goals. Vicenza's junior. So Richarlison hasn't scored a goal, I don't think, this year, has he? Um, but there's players there who can change games. Uh, it was all on Neymar last time, so it's, it's a little bit different this time. The midfield is where I kind of... I, I, I like their midfield. It's, it, it's pretty they can't play them all, but Bruno Gamirez, Casemiro, uh, Fabinho. There's three really really good players which they probably could play hey, and, and hey fred uh, no can't he's a squad player uh, <laughs> <laughs> i left a couple out. but uh it's the back line i'm not totally sure on the back line right melito uh and TR are makini tiago silva even though people are talking up, how brilliant and amazing he is yeah. i'm not a hundred percent sold that he's as good as people are making him i think he has very good moments i think he's a good talker i think he's a good defender i do think he's a little bit sometimes a little bit off the pace and i'm wondering if he'll be playing i'm not i'm not totally sure on him now listen he'll go out and he'll be the best player in the tournament or something like that but um how do you look at brazil uh and where do you see where they could fall or where do you think they could go and win it
2: uh, I think they could fall by something, kind of listen to what you're saying there. Every player seems to be an attacking player when you talk about Brazil. Like their midfield and forwards are just, you know, all household names. Like even with Argentina, you've Messi, Di Maria. Di Maria is not on the same level as in, of being a household name as, as, as you know, Rafinha, Vinicius Jr., Richarlison. These boys are just, you know, they're, they're big and they're big, big names. So I guess it's getting the balance right. As you're saying there about Fred, Fabinho and Casemiro. So he's going to have to pick, a balanced side, and you're again, it, it strikes a, a chord with Thiago Silva. When you look at him at Chelsea, I think we've said in a regular show that I look at uh Thiago Silva and I think to myself, why don't people get at him? Because he's not the quickest, he might be clever and he's got all the experience, but you think to yourself, why did not people not get at him? And every now and then, a Brentford go to Chelsea, and uh, you know, Ivan Tony leans into him and rolls him and just really does a number on him, but you think. I don't really see that a whole lot. And that's about getting that balance right. So you stick Fabinho, Fred, you stick Casemiro, who I definitely think will be the anchor in the midfield. And maybe that's why you don't get to see the frailties of playing a guy like uh, Thiago Silva. Now, as you say, we say frailties, but he's still a very experienced player. Um, he's a guy that in the past the, the country has really relied heavily on him and he's always come up trumps the question is is this w- one world cup too many I think he's okay as far as Marquinhos of Paris Saint-Germain he's got him in partnering that'll be okay and then I'm wondering who the fullbacks are going to be because when I looked at the last one or two games you had Alexandro and Danilo in beside him mm-hmm. but Brazil we've always looked at them kind of attacking fullbacks where they're further up the field and they are defending so I think the vulnerable is the getting the attacking and the defending as a balance as in picking good midfielders that will cover when if the fullbacks do bomb on um, and then of course in the attacking side of things Rafinha, vinicius like they're just a neymar they're really really impressive going forward so i think it's almost if you look at the likes of an england or some of like that it's almost anti-england when you look at brazil i think they're going to have a core through the middle but I think if the manager wants to, he can really let them rip. And maybe that would be the the kind of the key to them getting further into the tournament that they'll outscore teams.
0: Dave, they have to get through their group first because Serbia and Switzerland aren't gonna give them everything their own way. Cameroon, I haven't seen enough of Cameroon to tell you the truth. I'm not no. too sure how they how they sit. they've always been traditionally of being a tricky enough side as well. But Switzerland and Serbia are in good form at the moment and have been yeah. for a number of years. Could you see a Brazil not making it true? Um, the short answer I would say is no. Um,
1: just a little bit of historical is like Switzerland are supreme qualifiers and that's about it then. They kind of, that's their niche. Like, yes, they might get out of a group from time to time. And I think it was under Hodgson back in the mid-90s when they... Mm-hmm. Might have got to a quarterfinals, but this is kind of almost their level, and no disrespecting them. And I, like we've, like I'm talking about Ireland. By the way, we've come up against Switzerland and Serbia, and you know, other days we might have got something out of it. And we're talking about Brazil here. If Brazil bring their A game, there's none of them are safe. In my opinion, I'm not saying they're going to hammer everyone, but they should easily get out of that group if they bring their A game. And he finds the right, um blend because as you said i think that that could be brazil's downfall they are a little bit spoiled for choices because you you'd name three players neil and like uh what about this guy this guy this guy you named yeah. another tree hold on you're missing him him and him and this is where my this is where the manager will earn his crust like as in will he have keep them all happy because there's 26 in the squad as well now and yeah. it's probably the worst thing for brazil because they need to kind of keep it to 22 because they have they are spoiled when i was looking at it i was like Cry- i don't know what front three is gonna go with obviously he's gonna go with neymar I presume and then it's like is it anthony is it rafinha is it Jesus? is it rodrigo is it vinicius like for, and who's pedro and gabriel martinelli as well it's it's bonkers um and then the midfield's the same so it, if he can get the right blend and get the right few guys and then they're they're together because brazil can be a little bit disjointed and if neymar just take don't, don't try and make it all about you a bit like what he did it in 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 russia when he was a lot of theatrics and probably I don't know what he was doing, but it was a very frustrating World Cup. If he can bring his A game and what he's been doing with Paris Saint-Germain, I would believe that group, not, not going to be super easy, but it should be comfortable. Because um, Serbia are a decent side, there's no two ways about it. But we're talking about people like Mitrovic, no disrespect and and and, and what have you. When it comes to Brazil versus them, there shouldn't be a problem. Um, and I think this is their level. They're great qualifiers. But then once it gets to the World Cup, this is, it, it depends. One of them might click, but... Yeah, it'd be, be, it'll be up
2: interesting up. whether the manager wants them to bring the A game from game one, get the yeah. league, you know, get the group wrapped up within the first two games, or will he want them to save? You know what I mean? You don't really want to peak. See in the great group. thing you want to peak this, in the latter stages.
1: Yeah, see the great thing about the, the the A teams of four is you can't really mess about. Only two go through. If like obviously looking at a few of the documentaries, and then obviously the the Euros. Like you know 16 out of 24 teams get through you can get through on three points it can be quite easy you kind of can't mess about in the group you need to win your first game or at, the, or at the very least don't lose so brazil can't just break themselves in gently they're gonna have to hit the ground running and get the three points first hopefully even get the second one and then play the, the next best 11 in in the in the world cup potentially you know and and, and keep them all a little bit happy and keep them fresh so yeah it's as, as much as you're right, Neil, try and get yourself peaked, but with the new format of the 32 teams, it's it's kind of a bit harder.
0: Um, when you look at FIFA, they don't like to bring any political stuff in, so they say, but they've uh, pulled England, Iran and the United <laughs> States together. <laughs> and true Wales in just to mix it up. It's, a, it's an interesting group just purely on the political side, Neil, isn't it? Yeah.
2: <laughs> I wasn't actually thinking of that at the time. Yeah. Well anyone that gets Iran, it's gonna be political, isn't it? <laughs> but I guess the English getting Iran it may as well be and then throw in the United States to measure, you know. So their political madness is all beginning to start again now as well. So yeah, look, it's uh, it's an interesting group, maybe not from football perspective. I expect England to kind of I don't wanna say expect them to cruise through, but I expect them to be just professional enough. I think that should be enough for them to get through that um get through that group and Leave all the politics behind, I'm sure they'll be happy. Ironically, with
1: that. Um, ironically, it's technically the group of debt based on the rankings, they're no. the, like they're, they're the four highest, like in, based on the FIFA rankings, it's technically right. the group of debt, even though a lot of us would easily go, Well, prove it because I don't see it, but obviously, that's just the, the different confederations and how they rack up the ranking points. But technically, it is. But uh, did you see uh, Iran's badge in the FIFA World Cup game?
0: Yeah, the IRA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh yeah, if you're, uh, if you're
1: looking for a to play. But uh yeah, no, I think you're dead right. Uh it's a funny one. Like they always end up together. Obviously, I think it was ninety eight they did USA and Iran and they all got That's together. That's right, and, yeah. That was a huge but, uh,
0: game back then. Yeah, um, that, like because so it was Dave, really what, wasn't it Iran who they were looking Ukraine and all were looking to get yeah. kicked out of it because I think yeah. they stopped women playing football or something yeah, in Iran. some uh, I don't know the exact figure I don't
1: want to say about like numbers wise but yeah there's been some let's just say um, people are no longer with us over the last week or two um, and on a fairly decent scale and there's rumors of even more now over the next while um, and then Carlos Kiros was trying to do his innermost I'm here for football and nothing else and then he says who do you work for to sky and he goes yeah well you pay me and I'll tell you the answer at the end of the tournament but it was like. Was that just to try and shut you up? Or do you have an opinion, but you're too afraid to say it? I don't know what it was. It was just weird the way he kept pushing it back. You get get, get an offer and uh, pay me and I'll give you a proper answer. So it was a bit of a weird one. So he's trying to avoid it as well at the minute because he just wants to concentrate on the football, which we've heard a lot in the last few months when it comes to owners and
0: I, think the, I think the argument was from people that you're not allowed any government uh, yes. sort of interfering with the football yeah. associations and seemingly they're obviously with women not allowed to play football, etc., that this is a a, a strong indication that yeah. there is. Uh, yet FIFA have buckled. Of course they have. Um, yet Russia didn't get a chance to go and qualify because of political reasons. But yeah. these are political reasons where, and I think there's a couple of countries in Africa who weren't allowed to qualify because of political reasons, mm. but they've bottled it with Iran. Why do you think that is? Uh, they've yeah. got nukes. That's they yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Dave <laughs>
2: doesn't know? even want to say it. That you see the red dot that was hovering
1: over <laughs> Look up over know. your house.
2: I don't okay. know that. Yeah, it'll be
1: fun. And then poor old Wales. It was Michael Sheen. Do you know why he did the big rabble-rousing speech to Wales? He uh, He had a bit of an unnecessary poke today at the Prince of Wales. Being at the even though he's the head of the English FA and technically, let's be honest, he is as English as can be. Yeah,
2: uh, yeah.
1: He was kind of having a bit of a poke and saying it's a bit of a a bit of an embarrassment that uh to Wales that he's there handing out the, the jerseys. It's like, all right, Michael, I think you you know, you should have just left it at the speech, mate.
0: Now, England, because this is the <laughs> this is the big question. Every year or every World Cup, they're one of the favourites or they, 66 starts blaring out again the time they won it but they didn't really win it. What do you think, Neil? Do you think that they have a real opportunity? They got to the finals of the Euros, they had a way of playing, it worked for them. Is that style going to work for them in this World Cup? Because nothing says to us that Southgate is going to change that.
2: No, and I think, look, I think Southgate is going to be very, very... Uh... Exactly. So he's going to keep exactly the same. He's going to be very pessimistic as far as attacking. He's going to hit teams on the break. He's going to play the two blocking sixes. I think he's going to be pragmatic would be the word I'd call him. I don't think he's ever going to t- unleash them unless he would need to, i.e. they're a goal down and they're <clears throat> they're in desperate times. So, looking at them on paper, I think they have a very strong team. Um, they should be stronger both mentally from the last tournament. like They made a final of the Euros and yet they've got like the same panel, if not better, they're all a couple of years older, a bit more experience. You know, the experience that that would bring from getting to a final, losing a final, you know, maybe you still need to get there in order to make the next jump. Um, and I don't expect it to be anything different. I don't think Southgate will take risk. Uh, the biggest risk he's taken is the fact that he took Trent Alexander-Arnold and he just won't play him instead. So I don't think that's going to be an issue. But for me, looking at England... Where I would have gone had everyone been fit and flying, there's just a couple of question marks over the back line. Harry Maguire is a massive risk. It's a risk taking Harry Maguire and playing him because he's at no game time. Now, he could come out and have the tournament of all tournaments, but to me, that screams risk. Kyle Walker, if he's not fit, is an absolute hammer blow to England because I think he's been exceptional for them, um, both in the Premier League and then, obviously, then in the, in the big tournaments for England, he's been exceptional as a part of a tree or as a right back um, and that's my biggest fear is that they, they won't have the defensive blend because let's be honest they're very very clever they know they'll score a goal you're playing sterling you're playing Kane, you're playing a combination of fold and grelish whoever it was i think they feel they'll always score the question is can they keep the others out and that's why he plays the two blockers that's going to be tested to the umpteenth in this tournament because some of his players are not up to speed they don't have enough minutes in their legs And it just feels risky for the first time under Southgate um, and just because of the players that aren't ready yet.
0: Dave, this could be his last tournament if he doesn't do something big. And big means getting to a final, realistically, because he's already done that, getting to a final. Yeah. They played five at the back. You can call it wing backs if you want, but it was five at the back and, and two sitting in the European Championships. That's seven players sitting back. So they were expecting the three forward players to win games for them. Do you think he'll play five at the back again? Do you think he'll do the four and uh, maybe try and put that extra player? as a, a 10 maybe yeah like if
1: you if you listen to some of the english guys like they talk about it for five minutes and then they go who, who are we kidding and he's just going to do the same thing all over again and <laughs> i kind of feel like my answer would be set very similar he could do this He are gonna let's be honest he probably go trade about and he he probably will now obviously walker being injured might make who is who will be the third center half so maybe that's why the four four or four three three or four four two whatever it is might be more realistic but i can't help but feel the same he'll do the same thing i just think with england why they still have a good chance i'm not being too bitchy or snipey here but they have a good draw if they get out of the group they're on the right hand side it's like the best of europe and brazil and argentina are on the other side with a few others so you're talking potentially if i just looked at group winners that's presuming the best teams win it you're talking like coming up against the likes of maybe belgium or france along the way You know, who's to say France are missing a lot of players, which we obviously will probably come on to. Um, They're on the right side, so it might go in their favour again and might be favourable like the previous World Cup. But, yeah, you're dead right, right. Minimum semi-final, I think the whole favour. But, you know, it doesn't take much for the English press to turn. And if they're not going to be as pretty as we as as the, well they've never been pretty so they're going to have to be successful because they will turn quite quick if 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 he doesn't make a minimum semi final let's be honest yeah i think i, I, I did think the fake draw so today right
2: you know we I mean? can download the app and you can play yeah. all your draws yeah it ended up england brazil final there you go
0: it's written. <laughs> brazil final that'd be an interesting <laughs> final wouldn't <that>? it would <laughs> be an interesting final um neil what is the team that he should pick what is the formation that he should pick
2: if everybody's fit i like the tree at the back and i like kyle walker as the right of the tree at the back it's just something about kyle walker that i think as an attacking presence when he wins the ball he can drive 50 yards even from the right of the tree and i think he covers everybody else just expertly and i know i'm bigging up kyle walker here but for a guy that you know maybe in yesteryear always had a kind of a an accident waiting to happen. Remember Roy Keane had a crack at him a few times, you know, the Dumb and Dumber thing, but you know, he's still a quality defender. And I just think his, his, his mix of being able to bully probably the best wingers, because he's so quick and he's so physical. Well, he cleaned um,
0: up when he was in the Euros. Didn't oh, he? Every time he was, that someone put a true ball and you thought that the, the the others had three or four yards, he cleaned up. Yeah. The, he's always just getting on the ball, passing it back out. So he, he, it's, it's such an important job to have someone with pace back there. And especially, yeah. as you said, with Harry Maguire possibly beside him
2: but you've watched you've watched Kyle Walker against Vinicius Jr you've watched him against Son like really really top quality lightning fast wingers and he's not afraid of them he's not afraid to match them because he has the speed he has the physicality uh, he obviously has a good mental space because he's able to go up against these guys and it doesn't it doesn't seem to phase him so yeah um, if he's fit I would probably go with the tree walker on the right of the tree um, that mitigates the risk of McGuire if he's not quite up to speed or maybe takes him a couple of games, a couple more training sessions, and then he just needs to get the balance of like a Ben White um, or who else goes in you there go in that Jones back three. Again. He,
0: he could go Stones if he feels comfortable. Yep. Yeah. So I think John Stones is probably number one choice, isn't he? Not? Yeah. 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 I, mean, I, just, him, I don't think it's gonna
2: be I don't think it's gonna be dire anyway. Uh, I think Bellingham Rice...
1: Um, sorry, yeah, I think you're right, yep. you Neil. Know, I just can't see him starting dire. Uh, White and who's the other I look, Cody. I just can't see it. You know, I'd be yeah. very surprised.
2: It feels safe though, doesn't Is in, Ben White's having a good season. If they need to tweak, I think he will be the one they'll tweak to put in there because um, he's in a good He's in a good space. And he's he's
1: a back for Arsenal. So he, it's kind of technically back. a bit like what? What uh, Kyle Walker done, so he might just slot in instead of Kyle Walker potentially. Either, yeah. right? I
2: think you have Trippier then coming in if it's a right sided. Uh, Bellingham Rice, I think, is absolute. You know, ironclad. Nailed I can't on, see yeah. that changing. Yeah, even yeah. if Calvin Phillips, you know, drink some red, Bull, he ain't getting in ahead of them at the moment. So I fancy them too. Uh, Luke Shaw. I- Luke yeah. Shaw feels like a bit of a risk as well. I don't know. He had a brilliant tournament um, in the Euros, but he's kind of fallen off a bit he
1: of a cliff. Trippier over that side because he's done it once or twice. I think he does it
0: tactically. If if, if he, he feels that there's someone strong on that side, okay. he'll put Trippier there. If, if he's happy enough that Shaw can get forward, I think keep he puts keep the balance. Him in. Yeah, I think yeah. that's the way he does it But he, he
2: seems to be a good tournament player, Shaw So that wouldn't bother me either And then the front three, it's Hardy Kane and two others I mean, let's be honest, he could pick anyone I think he's a lot of quality in them Because they're the ones that, once he gets the form right And kind of the mix right, I think they'll be happy with that
0: Okay, right, so Where did they finish, Dave? <laughs> um,
1: I'm going to go semis I'd be, yeah, I think semis I think that's will top okay. the group and I think it's potentially Holland slash Senegal.
0: Even um, after the Nations League, how they performed in that.
1: Yeah. Getting I, hammered 4
0: nailed by Hungary.
1: Yeah, well, like what a, like like yeah, exactly. But like I think they took the foot off the gas a little bit. I think it was a bit of attitude with the lads. You know, they went to the well a few times and obviously the Euros would have took a lot out. I'm I'm just giving them a little bit of the benefit, but um, they might reignite now because this is what they really like to do and this is the big tournaments and maybe that's the attitude. Maybe the Nations League is a little bit beneath them now. They're they're of a different level maybe, but um, I think they should top this group. You know, if they really want to have any realistic chance of winning, they should top this group. So then you're probably talking... Senegal, potentially, if you if quit you, if, Manny missing a few games, and then you're into the business end, then if, once you're in the quarters, it's it's game on. So I, I would go with semis, maybe.
0: Yeah, okay. Right, well, you have the likes of France, Neil. You have the likes of Spain and Belgium. Uh, we, we'll talk about them now in a second. But the one team that no one's talking about, and everyone always says, write them off at your peril, <laughs> is Germany. The Germans. No, uh, yeah. no one's talking about them. Yeah. Uh, are they right not to talk about them?
2: Roy, right, I'll tell you this much. I got a serious comeuppance many, many moons ago. I was up in Super Value. I bumped into a guy that, you know, I would consider myself very football-like. You know, you coach, you manage, you play. And this guy was in a, a guy out of work and kind of just said to me in passing, oh, what do you think? of the World Cup. And I went, oh, yeah, blah, blah, And he goes, never count out the Germans. And I literally went, ah, here, the Germans, they're terrible. They're absolutely terrible, <laughs> right? And he was like, oh, no, 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 no. And he looked at me as if, well, you'd know. And I went, yeah, I'd kind of know, all right. And the Germans went to the final. So what the hell did I know? (laughs) And it put me back in my box. And I'll never forget it, because the next time I saw him, I went, them them Germans making that final. So you can't count them out. I think they'll be competitive. Um, And like that, flying under the radar, maybe it suits them. Maybe it suits them down to the ground. But Germany have always got talent. I think they always rise to the top in the World Cup. Um, if there's one thing we always want to give them and they give them in spades, it's a great mentality. Um, whether that works out, I don't know. But maybe flying under the radar might just suit them. You never know.
0: Dave, yeah. strikers. Yeah, that's is it. That, literally. That, I'm, literally, I'm looking at the strikers. I'm not too pushed on them. Yeah, and, I think like, they give the same opinion as Holland. Like,
1: Yeah. Yes, you know, because yeah. I think I was looking at a starting eleven today, and it was like Kai Havertz up front, and I'm like, what is the obsession with teams putting Kai Havertz up front? It clearly doesn't work. You know, I, I just don't get it. But then what again, it, you have, it, you it have it the
0: likes it? of fans who won World mm. Cups with strikers who didn't score. It depends yeah. on how they work around them. Yeah. Uh, the midfield, you have the likes of Gundogan. There's yeah, yeah. Gnabry, uh, Stanley, Kimmich, Muller, uh, Mustiella. Yeah, I mean, there's there's some really quality Fenty, players yeah. there. Um but, they, and of course, they have Rudiger in the back line, which is, is huge. They're a team that could go all the way without playing spectacular, aren't they?
1: Absolutely. You know, a bit, a bit English, English-esque, mm. you know, in that sense, like, you know, they're not going to set the world on fire. But before you know it, you're like, shit, Germany are in the semi-violence. And then forget about it. Once they're there, it's hard to back anyone else because yeah. they like uh, was it monster mentality or something like Klopp said, but the Germans have it in spades, of which there's no denying. It's just anytime they miss out on that level, it's just they just don't have the depth of talent. And this they're right on the edge in this uh, in this instance. So, you know, you know yourself, mate, once you get into that business and you get that last 16 one out of the way, you know, that's when Germany could be very interesting and, and write them off at your peril at that level. Absolutely. They're the perfect
2: nerd. tournament team though, aren't they? That type yeah. of if and again with less pressure on them, less expectation on them. That could actually help them in 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 bucket loads but they're a perfect tournament team yeah. good mentality strong you know strong figures on the field they could they could do damage
1: just just I mean. a little core ball because spain are in the group with them so that they, they, you mm. expect them to be top two uh obviously costa rica and japan japan always have bags and bags of energy and if they really come all guns ablazing, blazing that could maybe mix it up and and unsettle one of those two teams and like maybe Germany like that could be a little because there probably will be a shock lads let's be honest it, it's a funny World Cup with the with little or no build up, build up. so somebody will miss the boat in, in, one, in one way shape or form and I'm not saying yeah. it's Germany but it, it that that's an interesting That Japan are a bit of a dark horse in that yeah. sense like that yeah. they could upset the apple cart with Spain or Germany and all of a sudden and it's Back happened before do. to
0: them. It's happened before yeah. to them. So there's nothing Spanish. To the
2: Spanish are a very young side. You look at yeah. their midfield forward. You know he's still blooding them, and you do like when you look at Gav- what's a Gavry and um, Pedri. They're still very. You know, I'm not saying they're unproven. like they're playing in big clubs, but tournament wise, they're probably haven't cut their teeth yet. So you don't know whether they're going to have a good tournament or not. But definitely a young, exciting side, Spain. But that type of side can be vulnerable to someone a little bit more experienced, maybe coming and doing them over.
0: Yeah, um, Spain are fifteen to two, and Germany are ten to one. So Spain are even more favourites than England. That's an interesting side of it. Uh, Dave, talk about France because they have a huge, strong panel of a squad, and they're missing a whole lot of players.
1: Yeah, so I'll just get up the main squad as well, just so But anyway, these is this off. There's five missing now at this stage now because obviously Nkunku came out today. I have forgot the guy who they brought in and um, forgive me. He might be in the the squad now when I look at it, but it's uh, Kimpembe, the centre half, Paul Pogba, N'Golo Kante, Mike, Mike, Mike Mignon, I think he's the goalkeeper and Christopher N'Kuku. And then on the watch list, I think it's a little niggle, so he should be OK. But Benzema is on the watch list as well, which would be a massive loss. Um so it'll be a case of watch this space. So yeah, they're missing a couple of big players. Uh, obviously the anchor, the main man, the anchor man in Kante, and obviously Paul Bogba, who obviously, as we all know, comes alive. Um, so but then again, you open up the squad and you're like, Jesus Christ, that's tidy. You know, um, how much are they really missing them? So um it, it, you know, although my my main man, Jordan Vertu, Almar's guy who Let's just say he, let's just say he shot his bolt a bit too early with a YouTube video with him at Aston Villa, but for some reason he's <laughs> he, but for some reason he's in the French squad, so he must be decent. But it's a good squad. So you know, you quickly round them off. Obviously, Ibrahim uh, Kanate, canate obviously um Got in off the back of Kim Bembe, I think he probably would have missed the World Cup. So it'd be good to see him, hopefully get a get yeah. a bit of experience and help at Liverpool. But like, you know, yeah, like run them all off there. There's plenty of them in there. Obviously, Varane is there. Pavard.
0: Are they just names though, Dave? Like, I mean, when you, yeah. when I look at their look at their say their forward line, obviously Benzema, but if he's out, who goes centre forward? You've got Killian and Bat Bay, right? Yeah. That's fine. Well, either side, that uh, you've got Giroud. Either side, though, if you're playing Kylian Mbappe, you might have Griezmann or Dembele or Kingsley Coman, who hasn't been set in the world at either. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, like, they're not blowing the world away. They need Benzema to be playing. But apart from Dembele,
1: every well. single player you said there has that lovely little medal of a World Cup winner. So they probably, they're bigger names than a lot of the names that we've said. They have it in their locker already. So there's no reason why they can't do it again. It's maybe not a slightly different 11 this time, but there's a lot of.
0: Part of me kind of make... thinks they need to freshen it up a bit.
1: Oh, but without a shadow of a doubt, especially if you still got Giro banging the drum there and even Benzema to an extent. So there's no two ways about it. But, you know, was it 1958 and 62 was the last time it was retained? It's getting harder and harder. It's as simple mm. as that. Argentina nearly did it in 1990. It, it, the odds are stacked against them, and sure, you remember the last time they won it, they didn't get out of the group then in in two thousand and two. So, I'm not saying that's got that's going to happen this time, but that's that's one of the biggest reasons why I'd be a little bit against it. Slash one or two players missing, and maybe it's a, a workup Cup too far for, as he said, and a few others. But however, they certainly have the experience of winning it, and they know how it's done. But yeah, I maybe think um, Dechamps has
2: come out and said he's going to switch to a back four, hasn't he? Like he used to do a mm. kind of a three four one two. And they switched to a four-three-one-two. In other words, I'm missing one or two of the centre backs that can play yeah. as a three, and now he's reverting to the four. So even that will have a, a serious effect on the team and how it progresses because they're very, very set in that way since winning the World Cup playing with three at the back. And like their stats are one win and six. You know, the Nations League didn't go very well for them. He's, he's brought in a lot of players. I think he's had a higher turnover a player through the nation's league day champs he's been bringing in the likes of Kanate who wasn't getting in so he's been trying to blood one or two and find a few little solutions and obviously it's a good thing because with the kind of names that dave said that are out, he's gonna to have to find a couple of answers Um especially around the middle of midfield with too and a few of these guys they're not really they're not tournament uh bread yet missing the likes of kante that's a big big loss um, so very interesting in for league france league.
1: Yeah, like he's only six caps, like you know. So like you're talking about like whatever we think about Pogba, but you're talking about Pogba and Kante, Kante is the best there is. Like, well, I think you know, look yeah. at Chelsea,
0: how much they're missing <laughs> them, and uh, I think that yeah. I think France are going to miss Kante huge. I mean, yeah. they can talk about Pogba, they like. Uh, I don't believe that Pogba was uh, uh, as big an influence on them winning the last World Cup. I do think Kante was, um, and he he let Pogba have the freedom that uh, he he yeah. could float around and get the one pass in that makes him look like the, the world class player he isn't. <laughs> okay, listen, we're going to Belgium because they're in Macanda, Morocco, and Croatia. But I just someone was saying to me they're gonna back Belgium, right? <laughs> Roberto, they're gonna be right sometime already. <laughs> better be each way. This this team is starting to age and they haven't done anything. And Roberto Martinez has proven that he hasn't done anything himself. Is this are, are they a bad match? Like, should they have maybe looked at Martinez and went, you know what? I think you had your chance. This is our last chance. We need someone in who can actually push us over the line. Or Am I being unfair?
2: Four years yeah. ago, it was unfair. It was they were aging. I think they're going past aging now.
1: Yeah. And I think I'd I'd probably rob your point. That you were kind of making about France are these really that good yeah like as much as don't get me wrong it's a serious in terms of Belgium it's a serious outfit but you know Belgium had a bit of their fun in the sun in the mid 80s obviously at the the 86 World Cup and even 90 but like for them it's an impressive uh, uh impressive squad but is it really that hot like when in the greater scheme of things when you rhyme off everyone that we had in Brazil and Argentina and and France like, but as you said, Neil, like, look at it straight away. Courtois 30, at 33, Bertongan 35, Witzel 33, De Bruyne at 31, Hazard 31, and uh, Minule 34, and uh, 31, Torgon Hazard 29, Trossard, who's only just coming in, kind of thing, is 27. You're dead right. Um, it is the last chance saloon, but I think the peak of our powers was a few years back. So, I, I would kind of rob what you just said, uh, Roy, and say, yeah, I maybe I don't think these are as hot as what they probably would have been a few years ago and they're certainly not they're not even close to it now i think
0: yeah uh, trossard's in good form uh, yeah i'm not sure that he'll get in though that's he's probably doing one day really really for god's sake him. is
1: in there like come on yeah. Is in there, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and he's
0: been there an awful long time doing yeah. not a year, yeah. not a lot um yeah so are we, are we we're kind of we're kind of saying that we don't think they're going to get too far or we don't yeah. think they're gonna they're definitely not going to win it and yeah. It depends what, group, what yeah. your
2: what what's your success bar for Belgium in this World Cup? Mm-hmm. Is it quarterfinal? Is a semifinal? Is well, it a for Belgium? It and...
0: has to be winning it because otherwise this whole thing about the golden generation, how you should be playing football, uh, blah blah, it, it means nothing because they've come out winning nothing. So and it goes. It means you see these videos in in the FAI when people are doing your way for badges and on. They're showing how Belgium uh, go from attack to defense and everything. They don't win yeah. tournaments. So yeah. what does that mean to all these badges? You know. So I, I I have to. This could be one for the badges. Maybe we have to scrap all these badges. To just knock along, Jack. Knock along. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay listen. Oh, Dave, we're got, we'll just talk about a few players. Who are the players that you think are going to stand out? Who do you think are the ones that this is their moment?
1: Yeah, like, uh, like you straight away you instinctively think, I'm not saying he's going to be the main star man, but you can't help but feel, is Messi going to get the dream end and more so than Ronaldo? In saying that, Portugal could, you never know. This could really inspire him to, I'll, I'll show you efforts for the next four weeks and pull something out of the bag and really drag the team along. But I think they're, they're all like, of them. exactly you never know. So that kind of little story won't go away. So the old guard are going to be there. There's no two ways about it. Then you're going to be looking to the new guard. Obviously, one of them is is is, is not even going to be in Dublin tomorrow, let alone at the bloody thing. But I like to see your Mbappe's and stuff of this world. You want to see the newer guys coming to the fore. Will Neymar really come to the fore as well, like as in the main man, main man stars? But then you've got other little cl- countries as well. Alfonso Davis, he's, he's, will he do with Garrett Bale of Canada? Will Gareth Bale be fit, seeing as he's done his best? Like there's a lot of kind of cameos with some of these kind of mid table countries because it is a bit of an open tournament where somebody will come out of the pack and surprise you. Mm. So you need them guys to be the stars. So Alfonso Davis, and as I said, Gareth Bale need to show up in order for the, them to decide. The so I would say it will be somebody from Spain will probably stick out as an up-and-coming star that'll show their... pet. I think that's the easy way to do it because otherwise you're going to be looking to the main guys who have said already your name is Mbappe, your Messi's, Ronaldo's. Um, and with England, Harry Kane needs to show up. So it's the main guys with the big countries but i think it's maybe the likes of your spains and as i said one or two of the mid table ones like i don't know too much about some of the dutch lads but you know there's probably going to be the the 20 21 year old that they're going to need to come to the fore and that i can't quite put my finger on but unfortunately for me i think it's a lot of the old guard that we're going to have to rely on. But there, there is going to be a new star of the show that's going to catch us all in the hop. Oh, remember, Oleg yeah. remember Oleg Salenko with the five goals against Russia? Yeah, uh, did not after that, but we'll always remember oh. him, you know? So exactly. <laughs> and there could be somebody with Senegal, now with Mane, he might just show up or whatever, you know? That, 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 unfortunately, there is an unknown star there, but yeah. we, we're just going to have to wait and see. For
0: me... I, even though I'm kind of questioning France and, and can they yeah. go all the way, not that they, they couldn't go all the way. There's just been signs, even in that Nations League, there's been a few signs with them. I still think Mbappe is is the player. That yeah. his, his, this World Cup, the next World Cup, he should be shining and nothing yeah, from his start. league form hasn't said that he won't shine. Um, he's in good form. Like Obviously, his attitude stinks at, uh, over in Paris Saint-Germain. Uh, now, we only hear a whole lot of stuff that comes out. So, you know, we're, we're not in there. But from what we've heard, heard, it's not great. But I still think he's going to be one of the stars of it. And, I, and very much so could be when you look at Australia, Denmark and Tunisia and that group. Top goal scorer could be there. Oh, yeah.
1: Could yeah. be.
0: Because yeah. like
1: you're going to get the bulk from, of your goal.
2: From, from an English perspective, Roy, I'm curious. I'm, I'm wondering what front three. Well, sorry, I know he's going to start. Uh, Harry Kane. I'm wondering yeah. who he's going to play in behind and between Mount, between Foden, Sterling, and I actually wonder if he'll stick with um, with um, sorry, uh, Foden. Rashford. Stick with yeah. Foden. I wonder can Foden come out of his shell and be that kind of star that he is for City, but do it for England. And I think it revolves around Celik putting his arm around him and going, "You're my guy." because I don't think it's going to be Jack Grealish. Well, if he plays, five, if seven, he
0: plays five, he's not going to play him, is he? Because he, he'll play Sterling, won't he? And he might not, yeah. I think
2: he's, He, he fe- you feel that he's going to stick. I think uh, Serk is going to stick to the old guard, as in the guys that got him there, the guys have been tried and trusted. Back Sterling, you know, so, but I think I would love to see him unleash Phil Foden in a, in a role that he's familiar with at Man City, because I think he can be absolutely lethal, but I'd love to see him with a manager that absolutely gives him the trust. The way he did with Sterling in the last tournament. Sterling was. But Lighten that would be the on the left-hand
0: tournament. side, Neil, because that's where he's playing yeah. at the moment. And, and, and that would have and to be him. To, to get the best out of Sterling for England, it has been on the left-hand side. So, yeah. I mean, he could sacrifice Saka on the right-hand side, which is quite possible. I, I looked at uh, the Daily Mail had four of their pundits. One of them was Chris Sutton. And uh, they left Saka out and put Foden in on the right-hand side. Mm. For me... I hope he plays four at the back, uh, two in the midfield, uh, a ten, and I'd like to see Foden in that position because I think he's clever enough to be wander around. And then you have Saka, Sterling, and Kane up front. It gives them a bit more attacking impetus. But we already know most likely that that five is going to reduce one of those attacking threats. So yeah, yeah, it, it's 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 mad to say. I do think he'll start Foden. I think Saka might get. Uh, sacrificed mm. i Raven just
2: think side. with england it's momentum right if, if that guy comes out in the first game or two and scores a goal sets up like with sterling you wouldn't have really pinned him as an automatic starter a couple of years ago for england but he just proved invaluable he come up with big goals mm. yeah. i think he, he kind of knocked off kane really really well and you could tell that that was a real good duo and that's what cemented his place but there's always one kid that comes through that you kind of don't see and you go wow How do we not have him there all along? Now with Foden, he's been on the radar for a few years now. But I just, I would love a manager to go in there in the international and go, right, go on. Let's see what you can do here now and really stick with him. But this might not be his tournament, but it could be interesting if they give him a
0: chance. Right, Dave, we're going to finish it off. Who's going to win it? And who's the dark horse as in could have a good run. You never know what could happen. (laughs)
1: <laughs> um yeah i'll have to stick to me guns as much as i always try and say my my team over me right shoulder i have to figure that out uh, Brazil. <laughs> but i think i will this i think i'll just stick argentina slightly ahead of them uh, maybe it's the romanticism of the whole messy thing that's kind of leaning me towards that and obviously winning the cup of america so i think i'm gonna just i'm gonna have to stick to me guns because that's been the instinct for the last week or two is, is been argentina slightly ahead of maybe brazil and one or two others but uh and then dark horse In a weird way i know it's easy to say i think england will go far i genuinely think they will i think they'll pull something out of the bag and get a bit of look at a draw and say uh semi-finals but um yeah so i know they're probably not because they technically are one of the favorites but um yeah i'm gonna go oh yeah i think the yeah potentially final for england as well so i think they're the dark horse okay so you're
0: going with neil's computer yeah uh, Brazil and england final. okay <laughs> yeah. i i think argentina i have a feeling that brazil are gonna go all the way i just have that yeah. feeling um Dark horse, the same, the team that are in the same group as them, Serbia, I just think they're very, they're technically good. They've got a good striker. They've got good players around them in in that uh, midfield area. So I'd be looking at Serbia. It all depends on the look of the draw then, but they're they're someone I think are strong enough and and no one really talking about them. Neil.
1: Can I stick? Yeah, go on. Yeah, go on. Sorry, Neil. Go on. You say because I I've got to say, I feel like
2: calling Spain a dark horse, even though yeah. they're they're highly ranked. But they were very good in the Euros, as far as when he let them play ball. I think it was Spain. Italy was a cracking game, and. The way Spain played with the young lads on the field, there was something really just free about them. He kind of like just let them out there, release the shackles. They were a little unlucky, but they were very, very good. And I'm hoping that that tournament has taught them a thing or two. And obviously now this will be time for kind of that coming of age tournament. So I'll go with Spain as an outsider.
0: Okay, and before we finish, I think there's only three teams I didn't mention. That was (laughs) Saudi Arabia.
2: Let me say it (laughs) it.
0: now because I was like, do you know who actually? Because I had it in my head this
1: morning, a potential dark horse. Purely because of with a little bit of input is is Uruguay, because you've got like oh, bench, yeah, 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 in good form. You've obviously got Luis Suarez, your Cavani's uh Valverde is a ex- seriously exciting prospect, be one of the better midfielders of world football, and then Captain Chaos in, in Darwin Nunez, <laughs> you know. So, you know, it could be like you know, Nasher up front of Captain Chaos could be, could be some serious fun,
0: yeah. Yeah, and, and there in with Ghana, South Korea. Exactly. You, don't, you don't know what well, way that's yeah. going to go. So, but uh, Mexico and Poland were the other two as well uh, <laughs> that we didn't mention. Um, we can't go through everyone yeah. because we're going to go. People have probably tuned out already. There's probably no one listening right now. (laughs) Okay, listen, Dave, thanks very much, Neil. Thanks very much. Enjoy the work. We'll be talking about it uh, over the next few weeks. Uh, Yes, we're looking forward to it, uh, but I think we need to get stuck into it just before the, the juices start flowing. Thanks very much for listening. We'll talk to you next week.